0: what's going on everybody welcome back to six pod your weekly sports podcast hosted by jacob sherman and simon peebles so today's episode is going to be a little bit different however we are determined to be providing uh, some great content for you guys, even though uh, the sports scene is pretty scarce uh, at the moment. Uh, but Jacob, how are you doing tonight?
1: Yeah, I'm a little upset. There's not too much going on, especially as a, a recently turned sports podcaster. But uh, yeah, it's we got something to talk about tonight, so I'm looking forward to that still.
0: Yeah, it is a tough time to... Uh, run a a sports podcast right now, especially uh, one based out of Toronto, just because there is nothing going on. However, uh, Jacob and I have been talking and until there are um, some solidified dates, I know that the NBA uh, has released their um, start date and Jacob will talk about that in a a little bit, Um, but our plan for uh, the interim in terms of uh before these seasons get going uh jacob and i are going to be providing some more uh, opinion and stories about the impacts of toronto sports uh that they've had on us personally and uh, we're going to be providing that these next couple of weeks until um you know the important dates hit whether it be the nba a free agency or, or training camps or trades or what have you. And until those things um, come, uh, we'll be providing some, some different and and unique content. So we really hope you enjoy. Um, And we've got a, we've got a great pod for you guys today. Uh, Jacob, tell, uh, tell the listeners what's happening with the uh, NBA return.
1: Yes. As you mentioned in our previous episode, the NBA was looking at uh, a couple different start dates. They ended up landing on one uh, just this week, uh, December 22nd. So right before Christmas and along with that start date, they're going with a 72 game season. So 10 games shorter than a normal season. Um, People don't love this, uh, especially the players. Um, But from a revenue standpoint, you can see that they'll make much more money starting earlier. So it makes sense But the players, this is the shortest turnaround. Um, And I think any sports season history, I believe, um, I might be wrong on that. I, I did hear that though, that this is like, I think it's like a 71 day turnaround, um, which would be the, the quickest. Does that make sense? Yeah. 71 day turnaround. I believe that's, that's one of the quickest in all sports.
0: Now, Jacob, do you know any details in terms of like the travel or are there any fans or any of that information? Do you, has that been released at all or?
1: No, so as of right now, they haven't released uh, like a concrete plan uh, detailing everything going on. Um, but we do know that they there won't be a bubble, I don't believe. It's going to be traveling. Um, so teams like a team like Toronto, who, who will be not allowed to cross the border uh, as, the, as the border is closed right now, they're going to be finding a place like a home stadium. I believe New Jersey is one of the destinations they're looking at right now. But they're going to have to find a, a home stadium there um, so that they can travel. And play home games at the same time. Similar to the Jays, similar to the Jays this season.
0: Hey, it worked out for them.
1: It did work out for them, awesome. but a big thing for the Raptors is is the fan base, and I think that'll be sorely missed, especially for a whole season.
0: Yeah, for, no, for absolutely, and you know, that's tough. That's tough. Yes. So, uh, Jacob, talk to tell the fans what we're doing. this episode.
1: Yeah, so for today, as uh, Simon mentioned earlier, we're gonna kind of stick to some more opinion-based uh stories and and lists. Um so today we're gonna start off with a list just the top 10 most impactful, most influential athletes um in recent Toronto sports history. So we kind of set the date uh the date back to the 90s. So the past 25, 30 years. Who do we, me and Simon um believe are the, the top 10 most impactful influential players on either the Raptors, the Jays um, the Leafs we we tend to leave off the Argos and the, the TFC sorry to any of the fans that are looking for that content but uh, the, the players on this list are from the three teams the Leafs Jays and Raptors um, And we just believe that these guys were kind of the faces of the franchises at their given time and and led the to led them led their uh, respective teams to some considerable feats so yeah we'll, we'll take it away with some honorable mentions Simon, who do we, who do we have just off the list first?
0: So let's talk about uh, the first honorable mention that uh, I uh, and Jacob kind of put on this list was uh, John Tavares. And, um, you know, when Jacob and I were, were hashing out this list, we were, you know, debating and once we started creating and, you know, placing names uh, on the top 10. It was was very clear that uh, John Tavares does not belong uh, within the top 10. However, I think um, he is an important uh, element uh, or or concrete uh, symbol of Toronto sports, more specifically the Toronto Maple Leafs recently, um, just for the fact that he decided uh, to come home in free agency in 2018. So, uh, that is, uh, my honorable mention, uh, Jacob, how has John Travaris as a, as a hockey player, uh, kind of resonated with you as a Toronto sports fan?
1: Yeah, I think he, he kind of symbolized some new hope going forward, but when he signed, it was like, Oh, so we're, we're competing now. You don't sign a guy to a contract like that for that much money and just say, Oh, this is just, like a placeholder. In the meantime, it, it kind of symbolized like the Leafs are going for it now and it starts with him. Right.
0: And I also think that like goes in reverse too, right? Like a player like John Tavares, who realistically had a lot of teams wanting him, um, chose Toronto. Right. So mm-hmm. I think it almost like works in, in reverse too, like that, Um, you know, it, it's clear that he thinks or he thought uh, well, still does. He's still uh, playing um, for the Leafs that, like, he thinks that Toronto can win. And I think that um, definitely says something. Uh, he's the captain uh, currently, and it's just crazy. Like, you know, John Tavares is a, is a Toronto Maple Leaf, and that sentence still, like, to this day gets me fired up. Um, so happy he's in a uniform, and I just absolutely love that he didn't even meet. With the montreal canadians that makes me so happy um it's hilarious i think about that often and yeah no John to is uh has you know definitely uh, impacted the toronto sports scene um but i think as you've talked about before just like i think there's a little bit of recency bias in that uh, yet and toronto hasn't won anything so until that he is gonna stay uh, as an honorable mention
1: yeah, for our, our second honorable mention, I kind of thought Chris Bosh deserves to be mentioned in this episode. He didn't accomplish a whole lot um, career wise in Toronto. His championships came with Miami and the Big Three with Le- LeBron and Dwayne Wade. But as a Raptor, he he did kind of take off. He when Vince Carter left, it was a little bit hopeless for a bit, and he kind of showed us like, oh, we do have a star here, multiple All Star. And just like a player who's exciting to watch, when the team, who was really bad, the Toronto Raptors at the time, without a lot of hope going forward, had this one man to watch every every game. And and as a as a young younger boy growing up, starting to watch basketball, he was a guy that was like, oh, I want his T shirt. Um, so that kind of shaped a little bit of my my basketball interest, and my basketball um, love going forward. Kind of watching Chris Bosh play and saying, I want to be like this guy. So yeah, I think if you agree with me, Sam, he was kind of the guy when we were kind of in in grade school, he was like the guy to watch in the Raptors. And and there wasn't much else going on for the Raptors at that time.
0: No, for sure. I, you know, as a kid, when I think of um, Toronto, uh, the the Toronto Raptors, I automatically think of like Chris Bosh. And um, as he being kind of the superstar of that team, if you even want to call him that. but. Yeah, no. I think he had a he had a lasting impact on like the organization.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think if he accomplished maybe a little bit more in his time in Toronto, he'd be much higher on this list. But again, he didn't do too much for the team. It was more of an individual. Um, he more had more individual accomplishments here, which hurt his case a little bit. So moving on to the top ten. Um, full disclosure on this number ten. This was more a Simon pick. I'm going to be honest with you guys. This was more a Simon pick, but I I can get behind it after after hearing some of his reasons. So, Simon, why don't you let him know?
0: So, I've got Austin Matthews uh, at 10. Um, And as the listeners will uh, learn to know or already know, I'm a huge uh, Matthews fan. Um, I think he is just an absolutely unreal hockey player. Um, but, but aside from that, I I think what he like represents, uh, to Toronto when he was drafted and even just now, like, you know, the 2016 first overall draft, um, there was that big debate regarding, you know, line a or Matthews, um, you know, who, who's better or that competition. And so we went with Matthews and it's just unreal. Like how he's kind of developed over these last couple of years um i will stand by this statement that i think that he is like the best um shooter uh in the league right now um i don't know a- another player who has like Matthews's shot it's absolutely like unreal um you know it, he hasn't done anything for the team yet uh in terms of like like playoff performance or, or cups or, or anything like that. And that's why he is at number 10. But um, like, he's definitely one of the best hockey players uh, in the, in the entire league right now. And I would arguably say uh, one of the best or not if the best goal scores uh, in the league and in like Toronto Maple Leafs history. Uh, he's a freak of nature. You can shoot the puck like I've never seen before um and it's awesome that he's a Leaf
1: okay so when you're done kind of drooling let's kind of just take a step back um I agree with you that he he's maybe one of the the top talents like pure talents the Leafs have had in a very long time um it's exciting that we have a number like a number one overall pick
0: yes like give me true number one overall pick yeah like there, there have been players in pa in the past where like they've gone first overall like Let's look at Jack Hughes, for example, for New Jersey. Like he is not like Matthews is like a true generational first, like first overall talent, and we have like the Leafs have not had that um, in a very very long time. So I would I say the, you, I the second be best. I just want you to be careful. I just want you to be careful with that. Um, I
1: would say he's the second
0: best first overall pick
1: since 2010. In the past 10 years, only Connor McDavid is a better first overall pick than he is. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. So I think that's that in itself. I think validates his spot in this list, for sure. But yeah, once you're finished, kind
0: of, you know, are you good? Are you okay that's to continue? I just, okay. I just don't like it when. And I'm sorry if I got a little bit of a you know a little bit of uh, got worked up there. I just you know just just don't rip on Matthews. That's all I got to say. All right. Um, do you want do you want me to go on uh, on number nine too, Jacob? Yeah. Go ahead. So we got Matt's Sundin at number nine and you know, what he did off the ice for Toronto, I think is more impactful than what he did on the ice. Like, don't get me wrong. You know, eight all eight uh, time all-star, you know, 12 out of the 13 seasons that he was in Toronto, he led in scoring um, out of those, 13 seasons. He was the captain. He was the captain for 10. Um, But again, he didn't get us a cup, unfortunately. Um, But like what he did for the community um, in the surrounding areas of of Toronto was was awesome. And similar to like Chris, uh, Chris Bosch was that, you know, when I think of uh, hockey players, Or Toronto Toronto Maple Leaf hockey players like watching and growing up, I often think of Matt Sundin, um, and like like looking up to him like as a role model. What do you think, Jacob?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think in the past, like fifteen years ago, you can't really say Toronto Maple Leafs and not say Matt Sundin next. He not only was like a gifted player, great captain. um, Like you said, off the ice, he was he was a guy that you just couldn't really hate either. Um, And as a town that. Is really really hard on their hockey players. He was like generally pretty pretty loved, and pretty adored by the Leafs fans, which is not an easy not an easy task. Yeah. Just ask just ask William Nylander, right? But no, I, I agree that I think you can't similar to Chris Bosch, you can't mention like that area of the Leafs and and not say Matt Sundin. Although they didn't win very much um, given that time, but again. Similar to Chris Fox, just a great guy for the team at the time.
0: It's just like the childhood kind of like experience, right? Or like you know when you're a child and you're you're growing up, like those are the players that like you looked up to. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Do you want to? What's number eight, Jacob? Number eight. um, Sorry to anyone
1: who believes this is a little low. Um, This is our this is our placement for him, but DeMar DeRozan comes in at number eight for us. So he was a ninth overall pick in 2009. Um, he became an all-star in his fifth season with the Raptors so around 2012-2013, which is also the year right before they started making the playoffs every year. So he was an integral part of that. Um, he leads the Raptors in all games played, um, points, free throws made. So that's impressive. He was a great scorer in Toronto, averaged uh, just under 25 points most of his career in Toronto, or the le- the later half of his career in Toronto, especially uh, the nine seasons. He his- It was heartbreaking to see him go, but it was a necessary evil. You know what I mean? He was, many call him the sacrificial lamb of the Raptors. We, we do not win the championship in 2019 without that trade. He great player, great person. Uh, We loved him in Toronto, but he wasn't, he wasn't going to be the primary guy that gets us, gets us a championship that Kawhi got us. But at the same time, we don't get Kawhi without him in the trade. So he's got a lot of great qualities and, we miss him as Raptors fans, but I don't want him back. Don't get me wrong; I loved him when he was here. Please don't sign him again. Um, he's a little old now, not very productive. Loved him when he was here. If
0: I'm not uh, super confident in the Raptors' uh, performance when he was on the team, uh, Jacob, but. Well, was it similar to kind of how uh, the Leafs are in a way where like he kind of just went to sleep during the playoffs? Like did De- like, did DeMar like ever like, um, was he a playoff player? Cause I-, I think I remember where like the playoffs just were not a thing for him.
1: No, but the same can be said for Lowry. Like those were the two guys like for a couple of years, right? Three, four years, those runs where they went to the playoffs and Lowry and DeRozan were like all stars all those years. And they'd go to the playoffs and, Get bounced like first second round every time. Um, we gotta give credit to LeBron James. Like he would manhandle Toronto mm-hmm. almost every time we matched up with him. So part of it That's is so DeRozan. Yeah, yeah. But part of it is DeRozan just not being a superstar, but another part of it is saying, Well, he had to go through the best player in the world. So yes, he didn't he didn't always produce what he should have. But a lot of it just, like, he was was playing out of his league, right? For sure. Uh, I'll move on to number seven. Um, Joe Carter. So we're going right back into the archives here. So for all you um, not old listeners, but people that were around for this time can remember this moment pretty clearly, Uh, the 1993 World Series home run. Um, This was kind of the, the 90s equivalent to the Kawhi shot of the twenty tens. Um, Joe Carter hitting this home run and I man, I've seen this clip. I wasn't there in person, unfortunately, but have seen this clip over and over again, him rounding the bases, just jumping for joy. And um that's a moment I really wish I could have experienced uh, like the Kawhi shot. But man, I would I would really give anything to to just be a part of that moment in history. I can only imagine. Um, like that like let's just take the level that the Kawhi shot was like yeah game seven um, uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. This was the World Series, man. Like, oh, that's. I think that one feat. Not to mention, he was an All Star. He was uh, a great hitter, many home runs. Uh, not only that, but this this one moment, in itself, is worthy of being on this list. It, am I wrong in saying that, Simon?
0: No, absolutely not. And I think um, I understand that this is like a, a, a Toronto list and the impact there but i also think that it should be mentioned or recognized rather the impact that the player of joe carter had on canadian baseball
1: yeah no this is also in general toronto sports like canadian sports like this was 1993 was the last time before like 2019 any toronto fans got to see a major championship Mm-hmm. So, like, he was the last good memory for a long time.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, And I think, like, similar to the the Kawhi shot, I think if you ask anyone who um, followed the Jays or just followed Toronto sports in general during that time, I think, you know, if you ask someone, you know, where were you when uh, the Joe Carter uh, home run? And I think they'll remember it. It's just kind of... Uh, embedded and ingrained in people's minds, like the Kawhi shot last year.
1: Absolutely. Uh, number six, Simon, what do we got here?
0: So we've got Wendell Clark. And, you know, Wendell Clark just kind of represents um, just like old-time uh, Rockham and sock'em hockey um, you know, he went first overall to the Leafs in 1985. He wasn't a wasn't a skilled hockey player. Um, he knew that. Uh, his teammates like knew that. But you know, every game came in, gave, uh, gave you know his best effort, and he would always like stick up for his teammates. Like, just very like he embodied that that hockey that I think. Um, that uh, you know, like how people hate William Nylander? Yeah. Jacob you know? So it's those people who hate William Nylander like that love Wunder Wendell Carter. Carter. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like those people loved Wendell Clark. Um. So he just kind of embodied that. Uh. That, you know, slap shot. Um. You know. Just. Just heading and um, you know, so yeah, I think he was a. Uh, I think he's. I think he's on the list for sure. You know, if we look at you know when you think of like Toronto Maple Leafs um, hockey, um, and then he is definitely um, someone that that comes to mind. And he, you know, he's still uh, very much involved in the organization. So uh, I definitely think he needs to be on, on this list for sure. Um, Jacob, what do you think?
1: So I don't know a whole lot about Wendell Clark, um, but I will say, like, given his time period, the 90s, um, I would say, aside from that Jays championship in 92-93, the Leafs were like the team to cheer for in Toronto. Um, mm-hmm. The Raptors were just starting up in 95 um, and were not nearly as popular as they were now. And as I said, aside from that Jays um, victory in 92-93, like, the Leafs were were the main focus of Toronto. And I think acknowledging that he was a main player, um, if not the main player on that team for many years, especially given that time period, you just kind of have to see, like, he was a huge part of not only uh, Toronto sports, but fans' lives, like, depended on kind of Wendell Clark's performances every night. We're going to watch the Jays. It's not the Jays, my bad. We're going to watch the Leafs tonight. We're going to watch Wendell Clark do his thing.
0: And, like, that's saying something, too, because, like, the Leafs weren't, a great hockey team during this period. Right. But like, it just, again, I agree that it's just represents like how, uh, desperate, um, and how, how meaningful these, uh, these types of players, for example, you know, Wendell Clark are, uh, to, you know, Toronto sports heritage. Mm-hmm. All right, Jacob, let's, uh, let's go on number five.
1: Number five, we got Vince Carter. Not much news to be said for this man. he, he essentially started basketball in Canada. Um, may read into that as he may, but he was kind of the first real superstar the Raptors had um, as a new team, not a lot of his, historical success compared to a lot of other teams. And, and Carter started leading us not only like statistically, but he ended up bringing us to the Eastern Conference Finals, which was their farthest run um, in history. He won the 2000 dunk contest and that's to this day considered the best dunk contest. And um, he was kind of our guy for that. People kind of looked at, well, the Raptors have Vince Carter. Vince Carter's this dude literally nicknamed air Canada. We, we have our own, we have our own hero, like our own action figure coming out of Canada, coming out of Toronto, um, let alone the Raptors who were not thought of as much. And it's just, Basketball was just not a thing for a long time in Toronto, right? Because as I mentioned just before this, the Leafs had that huge monopoly on, on sports fans and the Jays had just won their championships. So the Raptors were this new startup team and, and they finally had their superstar in Vince Carter. And I just, I don't think there's much more that you can say or disagree with that he was he was quite honestly the guy who started basketball in Canada.
0: I also think he uh, legitimized it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's not, uh, like yeah. legitimized it, um, in terms of kind of what you said, like you know, Raptors have Vince Carter, right? Like, and and then he started winning dunk contests, and then he started, the Raptors started winning, and and, and those types of things. So I think it uh, provided a, an authenticity to uh, Toronto basketball, um, and I, you know, I don't know if uh, the Raptors are a team if Vince Carter didn't play for them during that time. I don't know.
1: Yeah, look at the Vancouver Grizzlies. Like, they had to relocate. Maybe if the Raptors' popularity doesn't take off in Toronto, we relocate to, like, Oklahoma, something like that. You never know. So we definitely, as as basketball fans, have a lot to thank. Um, We have Vince Carter to thank for. Kind of putting us on the map.
0: So, Jacob, these last four, or our top four, you uh you have a an emotional connection with each of them um so i'm gonna let you uh describe them or or intro them and then i'll I'll add my opinion i i agree with the list but i i just know that each of these players uh, mean a lot to you (laughs) so uh just run it to run it down for us what's number four all right
1: um so number four, we got Kawhi Leonard, and I know he only played one season. I know he doesn't have the body work these other these other have on these lists, like like Wendell Clark or like Chris Bosch or, or like Matt Sundin. But what he accomplished in one season was was quite honestly all his legacy in Toronto needed. Um, I know we're all disappointed and and upset that he decided to choose the Clippers over us, and awesome like awesome for us that came back to bite him in the button. He lost in the second round, but. He won us a championship, and I know there was other players on the team. I know that whole story that the Raptors are very deep, but that was a pretty similar team to the team we had right before with Demar Derozan, and we were a second round exit. So Kawhi Leonard was the first time, as a Raptors fan, was actually confident going up against other other top tier players. So going up against the Warriors, yeah, you see Kevin Durant on their team. You see Steph Curry on their team with when we had Demar Derozan as our as our best scorer and we go up against a team like that I'm like well there we go like this would be a quick quick four game series but with Kawhi you're like not only can he do it on the defensive end he can score almost it seemed like whenever he wanted to Um, so as as a Raptors fan it was the first time i had hope in the playoffs and he just he just pushed it all the way through not to mention that shot that that replaces in my opinion Joe Carter as like the top not kidding. I won't say replaces, but in my memory, is now like the number one Toronto sports moment um, of the past twenty-five years, and I just don't think you can ignore what he did in that one season, although it was just one season.
0: Man, if he stayed, um, he's definitely up for a debate on like the best Toronto sports um, athlete. I-, I-, I do think that his tenure. Um, only because it was one year, it's it's tough to to say. I, I think that people listening to this list actually Jacob will um, disagree that we have him this high. I think uh, so too. But I, this is
1: six five. This is six five with Simon and Jacob.
0: Yeah. No. And uh, this is where we put why. And uh, I know, similar to to my uh, fandom for for Austin Matthews, I think you had a or have rather still. Uh, a similar appreciation for, for Kawhi Leonard. So I agree. I think uh, he, um, like, you know, you look back at his like playoff performance and it was just absolutely dominant. Um, Just, you know, took that team on his back. And yes, I, I agreed that there was a supporting cast and and all of that, but, um, he was dangerous last year. Uh, playoff MVP was great. Uh, I wish he stayed, but um, no, he got uh, he got the Raptors a chip, um, and I and I, there's no way we're winning that without him.
1: All right, moving on to number three. Um, this is my personal favorite athlete of all time. Um, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this, a lot of Toronto sports fans, will agree with me that he was maybe. One of the most well-respected and just loved, like beloved athletes, Toronto's ever seen. Um, Roy Holiday um, was just the top tier of pitching when he was in Toronto, Um, and when he left for a couple years too, he was he was just another player that we mentioned before. He was just exciting to watch, fun to watch during a, a time of like a pretty bad Jays team. He was that one bright spot we got to watch every five days, and it was just so. Clean, precise. Uh, every, everything he does. Nicknamed Doc Holliday because he was so surgical with what he did. It was as a pitcher, as a baseball fan, watching him pitch, watching highlights like that. Um, man, that's what, like, that's what makes me personally uh, fall in love with baseball, fall in love with pitching. Like, I, I most of my earliest sports memories are are Roy Holliday striking out, like Alex Rodriguez, Derek Jeter, just guys that were on top of their game. And Roy Holiday acting like it was nothing, just just going right through everyone. And I think you also hear him get respect from other all-time greats like Mariano Rivera, um, as I mentioned in an earlier pod, um, who I consider a top-five pitcher of all time. Mariano Rivera was saying Roy Holiday was one of the best to do. it. And that speaks volumes for not only the player he was, um, but if you've watched his documentary, you can see that he was going through a lot um, emotionally, mentally, um, during his tenure with Toronto. and. And I think that kind of makes him more human to us as fans. And as me, as a young fan at the time, who kind of idled him, Um, it was really hard to see that, that documentary, but he unfortunately falls number three on this list, just, just due to the fact that he didn't, he didn't get that MVP, didn't get that, didn't get that World Series with the Jays. But a lot of that was out of his control, unfortunately.
0: yeah um absolutely tragic what what happened to him um, I don't remember a lot uh, from my childhood uh, I just don't have a good memory however, I do remember like uh, distinctively like going to a, a game and watching him pitch and recognizing um, how uh, insignific- how significant he was uh, as a pitcher so I definitely agree, um, uh, on number th- uh, at his position at, at number three, um, and you know, Hall of Fame is, is tough to do uh, in baseball. Yeah, uh, it's not the most.
1: Unfortunately, the most. So he's the most recent Jays Hall of Fame um, inductee, but unfortunately, is not in there as a Jay, um, which makes me kind of sad. But yeah, it's 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 no no small feat what he did as a pitcher um, two times Cy Young award winner one time with Toronto uh, but yeah I think one thing I think of personally just a personal doc story um, when I as a pitcher when I kind of um, command myself on the mound and how I kind of uh, go about my business I I kind of try to model that after Roy Holiday uh, so again this may be a little bit biased on on him being on this list but I think most people agree with me but kind of his stature, his composure was always something I think will always be the best. Like, you can see pitchers nowadays, like, doing their strutting, doing their fist-pumping, and, yeah, it's exciting. It's great to be emotional with baseball. But the way he conducted himself, I think, was one of the things I respected the most about him. It was always level, always even. Um, I just love that about him. All right, are we good with number three? We will move on to number two. Um, so this is a bit of a toss-up, and I'm sure people listening will know who the top two are if they've, if they've listened this far. Um, it's between two guys that have, um, in more recent history, uh, led the Jays and the Raptors. But number two, we're going with Jose Bautista. Um, first thing you think about when, he, uh, when you think about Jose Bautista is that home run, that bad flip in 2015. Um, a great moment um, for me, second to Kawhi Leonard shot in the past 10 years for, for Toronto sports moments. Not only that, uh, he had two seasons with above with above fifty home runs, which is just so impressive. Um, I don't think people realize how much how many home runs fifty four home runs is in a year. Um, he was kind of a nobody when he came to Toronto, and, and suddenly he's a six time All Star, he's a three time Silver Slugger Award winner, and he's in the top one hundred all time home run hitters in his career. He led. Uh, he was part of that kind of. Three headed monster that the Jays were with Bautista, uh, Donaldson, and And he would be the guy in the middle leading the team um, in the ALCS um, in both 2015 and 2016. He was another exciting man to watch in the early 2010s, kind of when the Jays weren't very good. And he was that guy that would just go, Do you think he will hit two home runs today? Do you think I'll hit one home run today? Like, I know he's going to hit something. And the city and country loved to watch him. Like, you'll hear him mentioned too to this day. Like, he loved his time in Toronto. And I think. He's just a player you can't ignore when you think about influence, impact, and just all-around um, attitude of Toronto sports, let alone the Jays.
0: In my opinion, um, other than Kawhi Leonard, he is, like, the first uh, Toronto athlete where I think that, like, he steps up and, like, bids big situations.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that's just the whole narrative, like around the Leafs right now, they just go to sleep in the playoffs. And I think Jose Bautista, like uh, really like embraced that moment. And like, he was an extremely reliable uh, and consistent athlete. And yeah, you, you know, you, you got to love them, right?
1: Yeah. Just like, think about this one moment. Um, he slid in the door. And it was a bit of a dirty slide. We're going to be honest. Um,
0: so dirty. So A little dirty. bit dirty.
1: And they go up fighting. He gets he gets hit pretty hard. Um, but I just remember like Toronto Sports Twitter was like rushing to Bautista's defense, calling Odor all these names and like like uh, just like essentially just like chirping, chirping the crap out of uh, Rogan at Odor. And it's just because Bautista is our guy and you don't touch him regardless of what he did to you. Jose Bautista is our guy. You You better leave him alone.
0: You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. no for sure
1: and um yeah this was really close between him and number one but simon number one has got to be kyle lowry right
0: 100 100%, percent 100%. six times percent 100 percent six times
1: all-stars and all nba um player as well um not to mention the leader we can talk about Kawhi is beating kind of the performance leader the, the statistical leader of that championship run but Lowry sets the culture for this team. It, he set a culture of winning, uh, respect, competing in Toronto the past six, seven years. And it kind of all accumulated to this one moment when we finally got the talent we needed. But none of that happens without, without this guy right here. Um, just the way he lays his body on the line for the team. I think I've talked to Simon about this. The way Kyle Lowry conducts himself and leads himself on the Raptors is what someone on the Leafs needs to do in order for them to be a contender. Um, as the Raptors were. So, someone who just kind of will put his body on the line every game, will talk to the guys if they really need to be talked to, and he's going to play his heart out. You know, he's going to play his heart out. He's going to be shooting his shot, uh, doesn't lose confidence. And I think, I don't think, like we were talking about this earlier, I don't think you'll find anyone in Toronto who says, I hate Kyle Lowry. Um, and if you do, he's not from Toronto. End of story. He's got great he's got a great family. He's got cute kids. We've seen his kids. They're really cute. Um, that adds to his resume. It's just I I don't think I have to say a whole lot about him. Like other than that, he's just he's been here. Um, it was so awesome to see him get that ring last year. Like no one deserved it more than he did. And I'm I'm a huge fan of James Harden. I think James Harden deserves a ring, but Kyle Lowry deserves that ring more than James Harden. Um, just based on how he plays the game, and 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 him being Raptor, of course.
0: I just think he's like so underrated. It's like criminal. You know what I mean? Like if you don't watch, um, like the games, um, like consistently and and really truly recognize his impact on the court, uh, he is he's so underrated, um, and he's done so much for the Raptors organization and um, you know what you said, it would be very tough to find a Toronto sports fan that does not like Kyle Lowry. Uh, It was so great to see him uh, get a ring last year. Um, And he deserves uh, the moon and the stars. Like he's been like nothing. Like he's given us, and when I say us, meaning Toronto, like he's given us everything he uh, could possibly give and more uh, to the organization, to the fans, uh, to like the game itself. Like he's a great uh, promoter uh, of the game. He's a great advocate, and he just embodies like what the Raptors are about, right? Like just that establishment of culture uh, within the team. And I'll say this. Forever, that like I he, like the Raptors are not winning a championship if they do not have Kyle Lowry's leadership. I don't care um, how well Kawhi performed, I don't care how well Van Vliet stepped up. Yes, all of those were huge contributing factors uh, to that championship, but there's no way um, that the Raptors are winning that chip without him and um, quick little quick little job clearly you know the Clippers ran into some issues when it came into internal accountability and leadership so uh, it just proves that those types of players like Kyle Lowry um, are so integral to doing well and you know getting success in the playoffs and I don't think there is uh, another Kyle Lowry unfortunately um, and so we're you know I'm, I'm pumped that he's a Raptor and, and I truly hope he he stays and retires as a Raptor. Um, do I think that's going to happen? Probably not, but that's a, that's a pod. It's a pod topic for another day. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely think he is like the number one Toronto sports athlete, just universally adored and loved by all fans. Um, no matter what age if you're a if you're a die fan or you're just like a casual fan like you just have love for Kyle Lowry.
1: not even to mention what he did off the court like if you look up Lowry charity work you see he's all over the place and, and most notably he donates 200 meals um, every Thanksgiving for families in need and he's been doing that for five years now uh, just it, it shows he cares um, not only about winning but also about his character his image and, and the people around him. Facts. that's our list that's our list simon
0: yeah man i like it
1: i think um yeah if you guys have any opinions on our on our list please let us know we'd love to talk to you about it and if you have any questions um we're more than happy to answer them kind of about our criteria or, or why we chose one guy over another Or if you think we forgot someone let us know uh, thanks for listening as always uh, we appreciate any support and any feedback you guys may have But yeah, we we really appreciate it,
0: guys. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening.